0: Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Mike and McCarty, Scott Hughes in studio. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, State Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley joining us. Good morning, sir.
2: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for joining us. You've got some good news this morning. So this is uh actually pretty significant our NAEP rating. Uh Louisiana has uh grown. We've increased from forty six to forty
3: second.
2: Yeah, look, I mean I, I don't want to jump for joy over this. I mean, because we're still in the forties, right? But uh we we all recognize that uh, especially those of us who are natives of the state that you know, we hear, well, we're 49th, we're 50th in education. And uh, th- those rankings come so often from the nation's report card, which is NAEP testing of 4th and 8th graders in reading and math. And so the last time uh, those results were provided before the pandemic, that was 2019. Uh, and most recently, uh, after a, a one-year delay, uh, they were provided in 2022 because they're supposed to happen every two years but it took three years this time, and so whenever results came out this time, uh, we moved from forty sixth uh, in the country among the states to forty second, uh, which is good progress. Uh, we well, certainly want to
1: going uh, in the right jump direction. the thirties,
2: yeah, we want to jump in the thirties. Um, but we we also, I think, notably, we we led the country. Our state led the country in fourth grade reading growth. So uh, we had the most growth of of any state in the country in fourth grade reading. Um, which you know tell, tells uh, tells us that our initiatives there are, are, are working, and we have to you know hold the line uh, and, and continue to push forward with our, our, our literacy work.
3: Dr. Brumley, or Kay, this is Scott Hughes. I've known you a long time. Um, Congratulations on this data. Um, As I look at a lot of the bullet points that we've been provided, first of all, congratulations. The NAEP is a huge deal. You know, I know education statistics. Um, The the NAEP is a huge deal. What do you attribute this to? It looks like to me that we may have done better than other states during the COVID lockdown periods. Is that some of your takeaway here? Or is this the result of some long-term initiatives you've had in place at DOE?
2: Well, I think, I think it's a couple of things. W- one, when we look at fourth-grade reading results, all, our fourth-graders are actually reading more proficiently post-pandemic than before the pandemic. That's, that's what NAEP indicates. Um, in terms of eighth-grade reading, we, we basically held constant uh, from 2019 to 2022, uh, whereas other, other states fell. And in math, math was the most significant decline across the country. Um, and we fell too in math, but, but not as significantly as, as other places. And so I think that all of that, that played in. But if I, if I had to, if I had to provide like these are the things that happened, uh, I would say one, uh, we prioritize face to face instruction through the pandemic as much as possible, having kids in school every day face to face. You know, sometimes we're unable to do that, but overwhelmingly we push for face to face instruction. Uh, we we had a number of of summer programs uh over the last uh two years that were really important we had four times the amount of kids in our summer programs than ever before we we emphasized a lot of tutoring in in reading and math throughout the state which i think was helpful um and so a lot of these things i i believe paid off uh but look we, we are still long challenge we're still 42nd in in the country and, uh, We want to make progress. We intend to make progress. And I think that if we go back to the basics on these foundational reading uh, skills and foundational math skills, we can make that progress.
3: Well, and and, and the data seems to show that. Congratulations. My other big high-level takeaway seems to be it takes teachers to do that face-to-face education. And you've got some great numbers here, it looks like, on overall teacher retention and first-year teacher retention. What's your feel on keeping people in the profession in Louisiana?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, outside of the parent, there's nothing more important than a teacher for a child's academic success. Last year, we surveyed the state, and and we found that we needed 2,520 additional teachers across the state to staff every classroom, which if you just do some simple math and ratios, that that tells you that about 50,000 kids across the state last year needed a teacher. And so... You know, we, we worked with our legislature. We worked with our state board. We, we pushed some initiatives, um, some policy policy matters, and and we cut that this year to one thousand two hundred and three. So we cut it, I believe, by fifty two percent. But we have more work to do. I mean, look we we have to we have to work on the supply side to make sure that we're able to 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 get people into the classroom that are that are capable, competent, intelligent, creative. But but we also have to retain. Um, And we have to make sure that we're listening to teachers and and making sure that we're providing them a a good environment. And so what do they want? You know, they want to be compensated well. They want principles that they find acceptable to them. They want uh, an environment where they can grow and get better at their job, have their voices heard. And and I think they want an environment where they're free to teach without behavior and and discipline problems. And So those are the things that we have to provide to teachers because, Programs don't matter unless we have effective teachers in order to implement those
1: things. We're talking with Dr. Cade Brumley, Superintendent of Education. Uh, we've also got a little bit of good news for shreveport Bozier. You were up here earlier this month uh, recognizing Atkins Elementary and Bozier Elementary. Tell us about uh, their success.
2: Yeah, look, through the comeback, we knew that we wanted to highlight campuses on on the backside that, uh, you know, achieved uh, significant accomplishments, et cetera. And so what, what we did is we used our LEAP, which is our state test, uh, and students scored a number of different categories and in, in, in the content areas. They score as unsatisfactory, basic. Uh, they score as unsatisfactory, approaching basic, basic, mastery, and advanced. That's kind of the, the sequence of where a child can score. And so what we wanted to say is we said, look, let's look at 2019 before the pandemic and let's look at our 2022 results. And, and any school across the state that both had their numbers of mastery and advanced kids increase, while at the same time taking that bottom level, that unsatisfactory level, and reducing that number as well. And we wanted to highlight them. And so whenever we applied that across the state, which is pretty significant to do both of those things, um, we found 41 campuses that did that. And um, uh, Atkins Elementary and, and Bozier Elementary did those things. And so we wanted to uh, go up and, and provide them a banner, give them some uh, pats on the back, which they deserve, and uh, just highlight some of their words. So we were excited to do that.
3: Uh, and, Kate, um, I've known you since you were a principal. Many may not know, our listeners may not know, you were the superintendent of DeSoto Parish Schools. You're a local boy, then Jefferson, now the state superintendent. My whole time I've known you, if there's one thing you've stood for, it's early education. And February's early education month. Talk to us about the commitment to early education and how you feel about that in Louisiana.
2: Yeah, it's it's really important. I mean, I I think that we need to make sure we have uh, environments where our our earliest learners can be served. Now, look, many times that's going to be in the family home or or by a loving grandparent or family member or friend, Uh, but oftentimes that's that's not the case, and, and we need to have early care centers uh, where where uh, our youngest learners have the opportunity to grow and, and be safe and uh, have a healthy environment. And so I think our legislature has done a really good job, uh, particularly the last couple of years, of, of making investments in that particular industry. Um, I know that over the course of the pandemic, it was super important to keep those centers open because uh, parents needed a place for their kids to be. And, and without that, they couldn't go back to work. And so I, I really think our early care industry, uh, played a, played a hero's role, uh, over the last few years. And it's important to highlight early care, uh, our early care workers, our early care directors, our early care owners, uh, and, and the work that they do every single day. You know, our agency has oversight over early care, um, birth to four, but also K-12. And, and sometimes people don't realize that. So, so we have to do our role in supporting their work as well.
1: FM, 710 Kiel. Mike and McCarty Aaron, of course, out this week. And some of next week Louis R. Avalone graciously uh, accepted my invitation to come sit with us this morning good morning good morning it is always a pleasure <laughs> to be with you and the entire audience and here with Ruben it's fantastic that is so kind of you to say thank you uh, Lewis of course with American Ground Radio but also the Republican Party what's what's the official title uh, chairman of the Republican Party of of of, of Caddo Parish Caddo Parish okay and uh, so you, you've got your your finger on on the pulse of everything going on within the republican party and and uh, events happening so from time to time yes (laughs) we'll kind of talk about that um one thing that we were talking about off mic and and we don't have time to do it justice right now uh but but i want to Briefly mention because uh, Ruben might be an expert on this. I'm not. Did, oh my goodness! <laughs> Ruben's like, uh, what? Did did we legalize marijuana in Louisiana? <laughs> did that happen? Well, possibly kind to of. some degree, a little. I, I I I'm woefully behind on 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 uh, on how all that works. So. It, it has to do with hemp, though. Is that right? Yes, and I, and I, I am a little
0: bit of an expert, yes. I, I am a medical marijuana patient. Uh, I have been since, I guess, the beginning, uh, since they started doing it. And one thing that I was kind of sort of aware of but didn't think it was really that big a deal until recently is you can buy Delta-8 THC from just stores. Like, so basically... Marijuana is legal, okay. <laughs> so Lewis, Lewis probably has a better legal. Uh, now, Delta explanation. Eight. There's Delta Eight. There's Delta Nine. There's Delta Seven Forty Seven. So, so in your the- in your classic bud heavy marijuana, let's good okay. co- to compare it to something else. That's Delta Nine THC. That's come has been illegal and regulated. You know. By the government forever. Okay. So, but you can go buy bourbon. But you right. Anyway, I digress. But also, there's delta eight THC, which kind of does the same thing. That's your Bud Light.
3: Okay. So to compare
0: it to something else. Um, so yeah, that.
1: So you can get the same effect. It just takes it more. It takes of a little more, product. Is right. that what it is? Right.
0: And it's perfectly uh, according to a lot of stuff. It's perfectly legal to use the delta eight and buy it right apparently and sell it <laughs> right you cannot prosecute so lewis folks. where do you get yours
4: <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't know where to go We would first have to start there but no i mean the law now says that hemp's delta 9 thc content can exceed 0.3 percent uh its total thc content including delta eight and others can exceed one percent and that each serving size in a consumable hemp product can exceed 8 milligrams of THC. The 8 milligram threshold that was established last year though can get users high, according to experts and and (laughs) Rubin. And and shops that sell products like, you know, these tincture bottles that have 100 milligrams of Delta-8 THC in them But they typically recommend a serving size of five or eight milligrams. So you can sell 100 milligrams of Delta 8 THC, but on the packaging it says, you know, recommended serving size is X. Well, you know, how many times when you pick up a a bag of chips where it says, you know, oh uh, yeah, three servings servings, (laughs) uh, per, per bag, you know, recommended serving size is this. How how many times do you stick to that?
1: Well uh, I know I know one serving of the Girl Scout cookies is one sleeve. sleeve so by the, by the sleeve. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll find out more. 101.7 FM 7 One zero one seven FM seven ten KEO Mike and McCarty. I'm constantly reminded just how old I'm getting. Louis R. Avalone in studio uh, for my, my guest host this morning, and, and we're looking at this story. Uh, KSLA has a story on uh, the governor says he's going to clamp down on the THC products, but there's a picture that these are these have this is a Doritos bag. This is, it says Doritos, or Life Savers Gummies Sours. It's the logo. It's it, right. I mean, you, your kid goes up and goes, oh, I want some Lifesavers Gummies. Oh, I want a bag
0: of Doritos, yeah, something like that. And then all of a sudden, he's having a panic attack, you know, that that type of thing. I, I really do not like the, the, the packaging of THC products to look like a normal product. That's not good, because I was saying off the air, that uh, when I go to the pharmacy for my medical marijuana, even if I get edibles, it's it's so obvious that it's something medical that I have. Right, they, right. There's no sure. There's no label made to look like some other label. It looks like something for even from far away looks like something medical that you know only I should have.
1: <laughs> like this looks like a pack of Oreos, okay? right? And in it says Stonio. It's the Oreo logo. Right. But it says Stonio. Okay. Well, I can see that's okay. That's not I'm not buying an Oreo. Sure. But this that says Doritos or Life Savers gummies, that can't be legal. Uh, I, why isn't the why aren't those parent companies of these of these products going after these kind of these It's very ruffles? strange.
0: It's very strange. Either they just don't know or I, I don't know. Maybe they've altered it enough to where they really can't do anything. I have no clue about that.
1: Well, the these don't look altered at all. I mean, this says Lifesavers gummies sours, and and the packaging is all brightly colored, like a normal, you know, like like you're appealing to an eight year old. I sure. want some Lifesavers gummies. So, Clay Schick
4: Snyder, who is the House Speaker down in Baton Rouge, uh, before he became Speaker, he chaired the House Agriculture Committee. And he was the one who shepherded the laws allowing consumable hemp products. And he offered assurances to his colleagues at the time that said, basically, this would not be used recreationally. You know, folks said, well, couldn't people get high off of these products? And he says famously, and he was quoted, tractor trailer loads of hemp derived chemicals will be required to get you high. Well, that's not true. It it turns out that a couple of gummies does the trick. Now, Clay Shecksneider, who is now the House Speaker, he's blaming the problem on the Louisiana Department of Health, who oversees the labeling of these products. And he says that if the Louisiana Department of Health is approving products with high levels of THC because of any perceived loophole or nuanced language in the bill, then it's the Louisiana Department of Health that needs to stop all of this immediately. They're going to have to explain to him, to the governor, the rest of the legislature, why they're allowing this. But he was the one, I mean, he was the one who authored the bill. He was the one who actually omitted the whole Delta 8 the molecular identifier, Delta-A, mm-hmm. he omitted that. That was not mentioned in the bill. And so now he's blaming a, a state agency. Oh, it wasn't me. But you've got to wonder. You know, I'm not... Look, Clay <laughs> snyder I'm not making or casting aspersions, but in situations like this, do Why? you need to follow the money? Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? In Insofar as this... and. Is this an intentional accident? Or is this an unfortunate oversight? Is this an unintentional omission? I mean, where there's money to be made, often from big dollar donors, there's a long and sordid tradition of this kind of law, going back to our, our very founding. Corruption breeds in apathy and indifference, and it only dies under constant vigilance and, and harsh sunlight. And I think that's what we I know we've got a fiscal session coming up here for the state legislature, but I think the citizens of Louisiana deserve some answers because they were sold a bill of goods with regards to the legalization of uh, of him that really, I think
1: Turned out to be untrue, and those goods turned out to be real good. Oh, apparently. real good! Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> stay close. Uh, actually, we've got some we got some sad news that we want to talk about coming up next. Uh, Louis R. Abalone in studio. Mike and McCarty. 101- <music> One
2: seven
1: FM seven ten KEO. Mike and McCarty. Louis R. Abalone um, from the. Republican Party of Cato Parish, but you also know him from American Ground Radio. One of the highlights of y'all's show, in addition to you and Stephen Parr, are the American Mamas that you have regularly on your your show. Yeah, we had
4: them from the very beginning.
1: Yes. How did that come about?
4: Well, you know, when we first got together to do the show, Stephen and I, we said, we need some female perspective here. Because females on the radio talking about political opinions, I mean, for all intents and purposes, there aren't very many. Mm -hmm. And we thought that was something that was lacking. And we wanted a southern mama. And uh, we uh, reached out to Terry. I had known her for many years and brought her in, told her what we had in mind. And she said, you know what? I don't think I'm right for this, but I know someone who's just perfect for it. And that someone perfect for it was Denise Arthur. And we met Denise. And by the way, Terry was absolutely right. Denise (laughs) was absolutely perfect for that role. And... But together they were just... Oh, it was fantastic. Yes. It was absolutely fantastic. So... Of course, Denise uh, has been battling cancer mm-hmm. for several months, well over a year now, almost a year now, and uh, we lost her yesterday, yes, so you know there's there's really no words in times like this. you know we uh, I was telling you earlier, you know times like these remind us that we're not in charge. Mm-hmm although it's a lot more fun to live as if we are. So we'll definitely miss her. You know, she had a very unique way of saying what she felt, you know,
1: um, you had some i have i have a few that uh s- save those because we'll, i want to talk about those yeah no but nevertheless um we've got a break yeah and, and coming up right after the break let's uh some what did you call them arthurisms uh denise yes they were <laughs> she, we collected them that's that's incredible so uh, our thoughts and prayers are with her and her family and you guys and, thank you and, uh, appreciate that that it's uh It's a a sad situation, but uh, she certainly brought a lot of joy.
4: A lot of light into people's lives.
1: Mikey McCarty with Louis R. Avalone, 1017FN. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio. Louis R. Avalone from American Ground Radio, home of the American Mamas as well. Uh, Denise Arthur sadly passed away yesterday, uh, but you guys have been working with her for years. And yes. You've collected some sayings that she was uh, well known for. Actually, my, my co-host has been writing
4: these down because he was planning <laughs> to write a book. Uh to include these uh he and they are, they're just absolutely uh spectacular. So, like for example, on sympathy, uh, this was this was a deniseism on sympathy. If you don't want to give me a band-aid, then I just need you to be quiet. I'd rather bleed than listen to that. <laughs> um on aging gracefully, when you've got that much Botox, it's hard to keep your mouth shut. Um <laughs> Or your eyes so closed. Right. She says, um, she said, I'm 58 years old. I don't want to look like someone won me at the fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I shared uh, one with you uh, on looting and riots. When I get mad, I don't even throw my own things Um, (laughs) on Joe Biden. No one's been that. Popular from a basement since Wayne's World. (laughs) Um, On people fooling you. That's where he campaigned from. Exactly. His basement, yes. Uh, On people fooling you. uh, They're selling the wrapper. It doesn't matter if there's any candy in it. Uh, You think he's got the recipe? He doesn't even know where the kitchen is. Um, On faith. You can't be flipping your faith like a pancake. Um, you need to get on down to the watch shop and get yourself a moral compass. Um, some of these things she said, you know, we have no idea what they meant, but they were just funny. She said, when you've got one gander on the right and one gander on the left, you're out of ducks. Uh, I'm not quite sure what <laughs> what that meant. I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was funny when she said it. You ever known someone right. that when they say things, it really doesn't matter what they say. It's just funny. Um, let's see here. Um, we are we are the trout. Speaking about, I guess, just everyday Americans. We are the trout, and trout always make it up the stream. Um, let's see. I've got uh, one last one here. Uh, they may have the mic, but they don't have my ear. Nice. Talking about celebrities and uh-huh. folks that are so woke that you know think they can yes tell you exactly how you need to live your life so anyway you know and i know we're probably short on this segment but one of the things that i enjoyed the most was seeing her and terry mm-hmm. interact in the studio uh just the laughter uh, the sheer joy that they had with one another uh that was uh that was the best part, and that's probably the part I'll miss the most. Yes.
1: Now will Terry continue? Oh God, we hope so. Yes. I don't think
4: she's ready. Not to come sure. well, back certainly. into the studio. Sure. sure. But we certainly hope so, and you know, because I think Denise, you know, she would always want folks to speak out, mm-hmm. speak, say what's on your mind, and I think that I think she would want Terry. Uh, to To continue, but of course, uh, I hope she's. I hope Terry's not listening right now because I'm certainly not trying, trying to, to uh, coax or
1: coerce. Exactly, sure. not not
4: whatsoever. So it's, since it's just you, me, and Reuben here talking, <laughs> I, right. I certainly hope that that Terry will will continue. But there will be obviously a a, a very big hole mm-hmm. in our heart for for
1: a considerable amount yeah. of time to come denise arthur we we uh our, our thoughts and prayers are with you and Stephen and her family thank you thank you for sharing one oh one seven fm seven 7- 1017-FM-710-KEEL, Mike and McCarty. Erin recouping from her shoulder surgery. I spoke with her the other day. She's doing well. Um, she was uh, not up and around, but she was... Uh she was very cogent and uh, in good spirits, so she's. I think she's enjoying her time off, but she's really looking forward to getting back. Oh, of course. So uh, I'm sure she's listening right now. I'm, sh- I'm sure she's not, uh, but, but but I know for a fact JW's her son is ready for her to get back as well. Oh boy, oh man, <laughs> we're even- we're praying for you, JW. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, above and beyond, buddy, above and beyond. Uh, yesterday St. Valentine's Day. And and let me tell you where my wife is on these. And and, and I hope you guys had a nice one, Lewis. You and your wife. Oh, absolutely. Y'all been absolutely. married for what? 27 years. There you go. Yeah, we're we're coming up on 40 for crying out loud. It just it, it seems unreal, right? It, it, unbelievable. Um I got my wife a diamond tennis bracelet for our tenth wedding anniversary. Okay. Ten years. Ten wanted, years. Wanted to do something and oh boy, you set the bar pretty high there. And her response was Oh, take that back. That's oh, a waste of money. That's yeah. no, it's too much. Take that back. That's a good woman right there. She, she doesn't like like a dozen roses. No, that's that's waste that is wasteful in her mind. Now, I will go and buy a live rose bush, you know. Right, well that's and practical. And do that. That's practical. And plant it in the yard because it will produce years of of enjoyment exactly so that makes
4: sense to her
1: so for us valentine's day is not it's not a big deal it's it's and and i heard sean hannity talking about this is is it just you know is it is it one of those quote hallmark holidays you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, it's just, it's just a, a reason to sell cards.
4: Well, I mean, in every way, it really is an odd holiday, right? I mean, you're honoring a martyr.
1: Now, St. Valentine was a
4: real person. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, he chose death rather than renounce his faith. And then it's been transformed into this, what some people may say, a saccharine, secular holiday of self-indulgence. Uh, But how do we get from the commemoration of martyrdom to candy hearts and Hallmark cards? Uh, I mean, that's fascinating. Right.
1: Just uh, historically. Well, you can say the same thing about the birth of Jesus Christ. How did we take that most significant event in human history and turn it into Santa Claus? And, you know,
4: well, they kind of (laughs) they kind of you know uh, i mean I, I weave together the story of you know the the wise men bringing
1: gifts well yeah, you Certainly. can do that but there are people who celebrate christmas that have no idea what it's really all about you can you can well, that's celebrate true. The that's true holiday as well. and not even know the reason you know that you're celebrating and that's and i think st valentine's is say st patrick's day St. Patrick was a real person, and we'll talk about that next month, but how did we get from celebrating again a Christian martyr to turning it into this drunken, you know, green beer
4: fest? But, you know, I guess the earliest accounts of St. Valentine, I mean, you really didn't find anything approaching what our modern take might be on saints. Uh, I mean, the earliest accounts mentioned miraculous healings and martyrdom by beheading, but there's really nothing of, you know, writing love letters or blessing couples, you know, nothing, that I mean, such as physical love, I mean, if if you read the, the history, and I know there's some folks that are like, you guys are really ruining it, I mean, you don't... <laughs> Where's the romanticism <laughs> but you know that's something you can bring every day you know I, I'm not sure Hallmark needs to design well you know I, I don't mean to <laughs> I know this sounds horrible I mean but no, I don't, need, I don't I, I, need Hallmark to tell me when might be a good time to bring my wife flowers or to write her or, a, a romantic note or just show appreciation. Which should be every day. Well, should be. Of course, I do. I do every day. Well, you're better than me. (laughs) Well, I'm just kind of. Just kind of. Yeah, well, maybe. (laughs) Exaggerating.
1: (laughs) Embellishing. Right. Stretching the truth. So did you guys do anything special yesterday? Or was it just.
4: Well, you know, my wife, of course, uh, she always goes all out. Uh, I say goes all out. Oh, no. it's rather, I would say, very minimal. She bought she bought my my son and I both a card, and uh, and we each got a, a container of ice cream, special ice cream that our whatever our favorite flavor right. was. Yeah. And what the did ice? she what well, did sure. she get for her thoughtfulness?
1: Got to clean the dishes after the ice cream. And
4: a card. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless uh she knows that uh well we have makes her happy we
1: have a group of friends we'll go out to eat on friday nights uh we we've all known each other for 30 plus years and and we'll get together on on valentine's um and and go have a nice dinner well you know someplace local and we'll all get together and that's that's our favorite part of valentine's day is getting together with all of our friends Last weekend we went to the steakhouse that Ruben knows over in uh, Avenger, Texas, Uh, because Valentine's was on a Tuesday night. We didn't want to make that drive, you know, on a school night when some of us have to get up really early. Sure. So uh, we had a great time. But that's our Valentine's usually celebration.
4: But again, I think it's an opportunity to be reminded uh, that, especially if you do have a significant other. To be thankful, sure. to express that that love and appreciation, and to not take one another for granted.
1: My wife said we were talking about it last night, and, she, and when she got home from work after working a 12-hour shift, and she said, you know, it was just ridiculous, like at at the grocery store, because they got these displays of flowers and chocolates, and people were just—it was almost like, you know, Black Friday, grabbing and fighting, and you know, <laughs> you I, know I
4: have snagging a snagging little- up all of this. I have a little bit of a confession. You know, when I go to buy my wife a card, you know, I'm usually – it's usually the end of the day, towards (laughs) the end of the day. (laughs) Here at the gas station. And the selections (laughs) are a little slim. Yep, yep. (laughs) To the extent that maybe they might not have the, the right size envelope for the card, but you find a way to just shove it in there. And uh, and then you you know what, write a e- nice message that
1: explains the mahogany card that you got right. <laughs> you know what? You the- laugh, but that happened
4: one year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I uh, not that there's anything wrong no, with that. No, no, not at all. But nevertheless, uh, <laughs> she enjoyed the, the the message, and and again, it's it's just it's all about the thought.
0: Now I have a life hack for uh, those. You know, fellas out there who aren't very creative in what they write in cards. You know, can't come up with anything. You get a very plain card, one that probably doesn't say much of anything, if anything at all. I mean, just a heart on it, or whatever. And then you go to like the very touching card, like a very with, with and then you write the message from that card into the blank card. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Why not just buy an expressive make seem, card? Well, because it seems like you wrote it.
1: Oh, I got, you. I got you. There you go. Yeah, like you, you Those came are up your with words. The thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get in trouble for that kind of stuff here. You know hey, that, you know. don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 101.7 and one seven FM. FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty with Louis R. Avalone in studio from American Ground Radio. This morning, uh, we were talking about Valentine's and St. Valentine being a real person and uh, how St. Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day, we don't even say St. anymore, really, uh, has become such a commercial venture. Uh, we got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. It says, how can you recognize St. Valentine in Christmas as religious and still not see Mardi Gras as evil?
4: Well, come on. Now, look, Mardi Gras is Fat Tuesday. It's the day before Ash Wednesday. And I think I'm Catholic, and there are a lot of Catholics that see Mardi Gras is an extension of the Christmas season until the beginning of Lent. Yes, it did have some pagan uh, origination, that's no doubt. But as Christianity took hold, those traditions, those pagan traditions, did get carried over and, and but I can I don't see think,
1: yeah. how you how somebody would go. Well, it's just it's the it's a whole celebration of doing as much bad as you can before you can't anymore. Well, and, I and, can see that. Right. But, uh, you know, people also go, well, Halloween is evil, and I can understand the pers- their perspective. But I have, you know, I, I don't choose to celebrate that, that. In that way. In You know, I have fond memories of Halloween from, you know, from growing up, from being a child uh, in, in a small neighborhood in, in South Bosier. You know, we would, I mean, that was something. What's not fun about dressing up, you know, as, as your favorite character or whatever? and going and getting free candy. Right. We'd come home, change costumes and go back out again, you know. Sure. <laughs> Those are my memories of Halloween. I don't celebrate the whatever the, you know, the evil aspect of it might be.
4: Right. And I think Mardi Gras in the same way. I mean, you can obviously ascribe to it whatever significance that you want, but again, I think for many Christians, for many faiths, you know, it it begins the Lenten season. Mm-hmm. In fact, Carnival is it, it its Latin origin is farewell to meat because you know I know as as a Catholic on Fridays we do during Lent we do not eat meat. Now is that practice still
1: observed? Oh, absolutely. Okay, that's why fish is such. And, a- and
4: I'm not quite sure why that is. I guess it's a it's an opportunity for us to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for all of us. But I love fish, so it's (laughs) (laughs) it's, hardly—it's hardly hardly a penance, Uh, you know. It's like fried fish, great. Yes, but but nevertheless, you know. So when you think about Mardi Gras carnival, the the origin of that, the root of that is farewell to Mm meat, and uh, so there is a religious. A, a very strong religious influence in mm-hmm. Mardi Gras so i would i would respectfully differ with uh, the listener who says that you know Mardi Gras is evil i guess we might need a little more context as far as why
1: she might right. feel that way got another message uh, our our discussion on uh, valentines day and, and my wife thinking it's commercial and don't waste money on f- you know cut flowers and that kind of thing Uh, she says uh, my husband of 41 years gave me a nice gift card to Aiken's nursery to get some hydrangea bushes that I've wanted I also tell him don't waste money on expensive gifts or flowers that die in two days i'm sure there's some uh, ladies in the
4: audience saying well that's just the the ultimate romantic get shut out up, there in the up, yard hunt. Get, get out there in the yard honey and
1: plant those hydrangeas <laughs> springtime is coming oh i'm very good with a shovel my 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 wife said that, yeah those are the accolades i do get because i'm so strong so big and strong <laughs> That she says whenever she wants me to dig a new rose bush. Sure. Well, that's the the key,
4: you know, for for many women. They make it seem like it's our idea. (laughs) And then, of course, we feel all big and strong, right? (laughs)
1: Louis R. Avaloni in studio, Mike and McCarty 1017. 101-7-FM-710-Keel. Mike and McCarty in studio with this Lewis R. Avalone uh, from American Ground Radio. I told you now I'm going to start thinking Stephen Parr doesn't like me. Oh, no, I, I, not I, at I, all. I, I'm, 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 my feelings are hurt. I couldn't sleep last night. I was crying most of the night. He's mostly he a diva. He just ignores me. and He needs his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Reuben's laughing knows I'm full
4: of, <laughs> but nevertheless, no he, rabbit pellets. No, we're we're both big fans of Mike and McCarty, and uh, we we cite you guys so often on our show. You might as well be on our show. <laughs> I'd love to. So, yeah. nevertheless, uh,
1: you all do well. Aaron, Aaron, wonderful work. It, it's, it's such an honor to work with Aaron, and and I'll I, I'll say this with her in the room, but it's. Um, you know she's been doing this 25 plus years and you know she's and did news before that so she's you know my gosh so connected and and so good at what she does that uh it, it's really it's a lot of fun to sit here and, and be able to observe that well I mean with both of you as such wonderful professionals you really do
4: elevate one another's game you know it's kind of like when you they say when you play tennis with a with someone that you that's know, true isn't so good, you tend to play down to their level, but when you play with someone that is really skilled, you elevate your game
1: well and that's 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 my portion of it I, she's elevating my game I don't know how much I'm bringing hers up but. <laughs> well y'all are y'all are great thank you uh coming up next uh very interesting uh, we were talking of course about Mardi Gras and its origin in Catholicism and um this administration now going after Catholics. This is uh, very disturbing. We'll talk about that next with Louis R. Avalone. Mike McCarty, 1017 FM. One one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty Louis R Abalone from American Ground Radio and the Republican Party of Caddo Parish in studio this morning. Uh, you planning on being here tomorrow as well? Yes, I understand. I'm, I'm yes. throwing you under under the bus now. I'm, I'm <laughs> unless you can <laughs> unlock you this
4: chain that's wrapped
1: around this chair. Um, we were talking about Mardi Gras and its origins, and it, it led into uh, some Catholic. You're Catholic. Um, And and you there's there's been a very disturbing trend uh, from this current administration uh, now basically labeling Catholics as subversive. Right. Tell me what tell me what's going on. I mean, this is a move right out of the
4: Inquisition. So the FBI has now cited the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source and put out a piece of intelligence that warns its agents against the threat of, and get this, wait for it, radical traditionalist Catholics. Yeah, That was not a typo, I, I read that right. Radical traditional radical Catholics. Radical traditionalist Catholics. So the FBI has decided in its infinite wisdom that the threat that they need to target is not Antifa, not radicalized socialists, not Al-Qaeda, right. not ISIS that are coming across our, our southern border unfettered. By the thousands, by the way. No, 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 no. They, they want to come after Catholics, and particularly traditional ones. And so basically, the FBI, they believe that traditional Catholics hold pro-life pro-traditional marriage, pro-border enforcement political opinions, and that makes them more likely to prop up false political narratives and to pose a terroristic threat
1: to this country. See, you could say the same thing about, you know, the Southern Baptists, the Southern, in, in our church is a member at the Broadmoor, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention. And, you know, the claims of being intolerant, but, but, you know, it adheres to scripture, you know, and the, and the beliefs, like you say, you know, pro life, um, you know, pro family, pro family, um, that saying, (sighs) And, and, and I and I hate to get into all of this, but Catholicism, you know, for the most part, it's the same way. Um, you know, homosexuality is is wrong. Uh, that's that's not the hill I am going to die on. I, I, you know, but I understand. But but you know, so so now the government's going after Catholics for their beliefs that are based in scripture.
4: So if you you wonder, so what, what's next? Right. In, in, in what is a radical traditionalist Catholic? You might ask. Well. According to the FBI, it's someone, it's a Catholic who rejects the Second Vatican Council, Vatican II, which was a church council. Um, you also uh, are someone, if you're Catholic, uh, you probably don't like uh, any of the popes uh, since Vatican II, particularly uh, Pope Francis or Pope John Paul II. And um, you like the, the mass to be said or you prefer the mass to be said in Latin, which the mass has not been said in Latin in like 50 years. Right. So these folks, they say, are these traditional, these radical traditionalist Catholics tend to be, they say, the FBI, anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, and white supremacists i mean this is our own fbi can you imagine can you believe i'm even saying
1: this no i can't i can't even fathom that this is this conversation is even taking place um i I, i'm trying to think of a phrase what is it um oh yeah freedom of religion where 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 did that go yeah what happened I've got my copy of the Constitution. We're up against a break, but I'm gonna uh, you know we'll we'll continue this because this is this is very disturbing. and if you're not aware of what's going on, you need to you need to know what what your federal government is now doing. Louis R. abalone in with Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM. Oh. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Micah McCarty, Erin recouping from her shoulder surgery. She's doing well. I spoke with her the other day. Um, hopefully be back probably like the middle of next week. She's got to get a doctor's release. Talking about um, the FBI, Biden administration, going after Catholics and and i'm i'm just you know i just want to read one phrase congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion and this is another thing that i'm interrupting my own myself that has been misconstrued over the years freedom of religion and it, it's not saying that the you know you can't have religious you know or christians in the government that's not what it's saying separation of church and state well you don't have well, to believe in god well but what it's saying is to be the, an american the state can't tell you how to worship oh absolutely That's not. what it's saying and, and that's exactly now what's happening
4: Well, the First Amendment, of course, uh, it has two provisions uh, concerning religion. You've got the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause. The Establishment Clause is exactly what you were referring to. It prohibits the government from establishing a religion. Like the Church of England. Uh, Exactly. And, you know, as far as what is an establishment or what is establishment, I mean, that's unclear. Uh, But generally it means prohibiting state-sponsored churches, such as, you know, what we fled as, uh, or mm-hmm. what the colonists fled uh, as far as the Church of England was concerned. So the, the free exercise clause, though, that protects our right to practice our religion as we please. And, you know... Whatever that religion might whatever be. Whatever that may be. Right. And here's the thing. You you know, we talk about the power of prayer, And we talk about faith and the importance, you know, of God. You know, certainly our our United States motto is, in God we trust. But as an American, no, you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to believe in a creator. However, the second sentence of the Declaration requires us to acknowledge that our rights come from a creator. So while you as an American, you may not want to believe in a creator, those whom we elect to office, in my opinion, they must believe in a creator, because if you don't believe in the creator, then what is the source of our rights? Because if you believe that man is the source of our rights, then what man can give, man can take away. hmm and, mm-hmm. and, and and that's without the creator, I mean, look at it. It's the second sentence of the Declaration of Independence. Without the creator, there are no rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's government's duty now to protect those rights for us, and that's why it's necessary that we elect men and women who pray. Because if you continue to elect folks who don't acknowledge our rights do in fact come from our creator, or that there is even a creator, how can they protect
1: your rights I, it's I because mean, if they think they issued those rights to you like you say that they can take them away and that's what they're in the process of trying to do uh, by going after catholics traditional catholics radical traditional oh, catholics it's just scary it's, just, it's very scary lewis r abalone in for air and mike and mccarty one oh one seven 7 fm 7 hey. Uh, you don't ever want to hear your producer go oh (laughs) oh right the show yeah (laughs) yeah I got a little distracted. But like, I think Bill Cosby had a, a reference years ago. He says, you never want to hear your doctor say, oops. <laughs> Wait, what? 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty with Louis R. Avalone in studio for the recuperating Erin McCarty. She'll, she'll be back middle next week. we got a busy day tomorrow, by the way, Ruben. Get ready. Um, uh, we've got, yeah, just a ton. In fact, this time tomorrow, uh, Insurance Commissioner candidate Tim Temple going to join us in studio. Very so nice. Looking forward to visiting with him. Uh, Senator Bill Cassidy will be talking with him tomorrow. Uh, Steve Waggisbach and, and uh, also to Dr. Philip Roseman, locally with uh, Dr. Cassidy, Senator Cassidy's wife, will be in town uh, for the new Key Academy, which I think is, a, is an incredible. Idea. Oh, uh, absolutely. So uh, we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Uh, I, I've been sort of keeping up with this Chinese spy balloon story that we allowed to traverse some of the most sensitive areas of our country over our airspace travel the entire width and breadth of our nation taking pictures gathering information sending data back to China before we finally decided oh let's shoot this down after it reached the east coast after coming from africa yeah it's really remarkable and now of course there are there is aircraft
4: or unidentified flying objects that even our own military has indicated they've not been able to shoot down on the first attempt we we shot a sidewinder missile
1: and missed
4: how does that happen Uh, yeah how how does that happen and by the way i think this is probably the first time in american history that we have fired a missile at a at a what arguably is an enemy aircraft or Mm -hmm. unidentified flying object i mean
1: over our own
4: airspace. Over continental. Yes. The continental United States.
1: Now, there, this, there's so many questions, and the more time goes on, the less information comes out, the more questions come out. Um, first of all, the job of the president of the United States, regardless of who it is, the sitting president of the United States, their primary job is to protect this country. To keep well, our the citizens commander, the commander-in-chief to keep our citizens safe and to and to honor our borders and keep this nation safe That's why he's his title is commander-in-chief Well, I think he's breached that that duty uh, this administration certainly this president Has sold our country to China It's it's there they're, But with regards to I'm going to start, and and, and I know somebody said men don't pib (laughs) most men, because hopefully most men aren't wearing panties. Uh, I'm bibbing boxers in a bunch. Um, Yeah, Biden has not lived up to any of the responsibilities of the president. So they, they, they let this first Chinese spy balloon traverse the entire country, gathering all the information that they needed. Over sensitive military airspace. Now, the next three that they, oh, look, we've taken action. We've shot these down. But they're unidentified. They don't even know what, apparently, our perspective is, I don't believe this, but our perspective is they don't know what they shot down. Okay. But they say, well, these weren't affiliated with China. They don't know what they are, but they know what they aren't. That doesn't make any sense. The commander of NORAD,
4: of the U.S. Northern Command, he was asked by a reporter whether or not he has ruled out aliens. So the commander of NORAD says, I haven't ruled out anything at this point. Now, my, my question is, do you believe your government? I don't believe a word out of any of them. Because, you know, they've also said that, There was no affirmative indications of any military threat uh, from these objects. And the question is, going back to the F-16 who fired that first Sidewinder and missed, Mm. was this object, was it able to maneuver, perform an evasive maneuver? I mean yes. because you have to wonder and, and there aren't there are a lot of folks in the military. I don't think I'm overstating this or I've got my tin foil hat on. there are a lot of folks in the military uh, pilots who say there are unidentified flying objects uh, all over that they pilots can, have filmed them and said we don't know what this is. They hover in space even it, despite the headwinds. And they're able to remain stationary, mm-hmm. almost motionless. Right. And then, I know this sounds crazy, <laughs> but again, I'm repeating what I have heard multiple mm-hmm. uh, military pilots give accounts
1: of. And then, and then move off in a direction that that we don't have capabilities of doing at at speeds that are. Incredible. So
4: you're ascribing all of this to China? It may be China. Well, it here, but arguably could be.
1: There could be some other source. First of all, that they're not being transparent. They're not saying. Why would you shoot something down if you didn't know what it was? First of all, you, I mean, you're opening yourself up to m- major uh, implications and complications. Of okay, you, now you've offended a foreign government that that's, could be that's true. considered an act of war. If you're firing on a, an object, a flying that you you know you don't know what it is, so I don't believe they don't know what it is. I think they're benign. They may have been I don't know. They're not even saying balloons, but I think they they knew what the Chinese spy balloon was, it, it, regardless of what they say, and they let it do its job because Biden has sold our country. And these other objects were benign but it's their opportunity to go oh look we're taking action we're doing something to protect our
4: airspace or they are testing our defenses much like the 9 11 uh terrorists uh were testing the the limits of our airport security right Uh, they they made several test runs in the months leading up Mm -hmm. to 9 11 uh, in order to be prepared. And so you have to wonder, I mean, it's not well, out of the realm of possibility because these even if you go back to this ancient technology of a balloon technology, those have been used to deliver chemical and
1: biological weapons in war. It, 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 it all, it just brings up more questions than answers. And we'll, and we'll continue. We've got to take a break. Mike and McCarty with Louis R. Avalone in studio, one seven F. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Micah McCarty, Erin McCarty recuperating from her shoulder surgery. Um, she'll be out for a few for a few days more. Louis R. Avalone graciously stepping in this morning. I'm very grateful. Got a busy day tomorrow, and uh, you'll be here tomorrow, too. So we're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow.
4: Looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely.
1: Talking. We were talking earlier about the, um, the Chinese spy balloon, which apparently we know it was Chinese. I don't know how they knew that from sixty thousand feet. Uh, you know, a it white said, balloon. Oh,
4: you, you missed the the label on the back. It <laughs> yeah. said
1: "Made in China," <laughs> Made, like everything else in America. Um, and and you know the fact that we we allowed it, and, and and don't don't play ignorant with me, federal government. That you didn't know because. We know the deal that, you know, that deals have been made. Uh, (laughs) So the fact that you're now shooting down other objects willy nilly that you don't know what they are makes no sense to me. And you're not And and you know, nobody is coming out and saying this is what this was and this is why we took action.
4: Well, I mean, they're just. The Chinese have come out and said, it's a weather balloon. And you guys are way worked up. You're twisted a little too tight around the axle here. Uh, I mean, lighten up. It was just a weather balloon. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, we're we're environmentalists. We're oh, collecting oh, yeah. data. They're the biggest polluters in the world. But, you know, you've got to look at history. You know, the Japanese used balloons in war World War War II to disseminate chemical and biological weapons and then the question is What would keep for example if the Chinese were to launch 10,000 of those balloons? All at one time, right? Would our air defense system? Be sufficient and if each of those and again, I know a lot of folks say take off your tinfoil hat but if each of those balloons carried enough biological or chemical weapons to to be dropped on San Francisco for example mm-hmm. or to go further inland like this balloon did it traversed the entire country or our military installations or it detonated a you know an electromagnetic pulse that mm-hmm. took out our power system our electrical grid Absolutely. our communication systems you know those are important those are some very important basic protections that our citizens deserve and when you have a president that is asleep our commander in chief and I know there's a lot of folks he's not asleep what do we ah, that's so political so partisan you know uh, national security should not be partisan okay well then let's just talk about competency you know has Joe Biden, has this administration made this country safer? Has it isolated national security threats at our southern border, for example? And not just here in the United States, but around the world. Have we empowered and emboldened our enemies to see us as, as a threat? Or is it as China has done? They see us as, as pushovers. Oh, we were just going to test these guys. They're not going to respond.
1: We are the weakest nation in the world right now. And, and, and other superpowers, which China has now become uh, a, a superpower in the world, sees our weakness. There is no fear whatsoever of retribution from our federal government to do whatever they want to do. And they just showed us that, and they showed us their finger as they were flying across our country.
4: Now, I know that, you know, sometimes these negotiations aren't best accomplished on a stage, but you have to wonder, what are the discussions between this country and China with regards to what many might argue to be an act of war against this
1: country? Well, you pay, pay the president enough money and you can do whatever you want to do. I have no inside knowledge of any money changing hands. Let me let me state that. <laughs> oh, Lewis R. Avelloni in studio for uh, the recuperating Aaron McCarty, Mike and McCarty, one oh one seven F Never seen it. Never seen this show. Aaron says it's uh, Mad Men. Which, which I Mad obviously man, yeah. I've been in this business forty years. I would probably enjoy it. If I like John Hamm, by the
0: way. If you're into like uh you know uh the old school way of doing business <laughs> in an office, like you know <laughs> sipping on whiskey at noon and uh, slapping your secretary exactly. On the rear.
1: Yeah, that that's that's the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> Firing up cigarettes in the yeah. office in yeah. the middle of the day. Yeah. 1017 FM seven ten Keo, Mike M. McCarty, Louis R. Avalone in studio. Uh tomorrow this time, uh, Senator Bill Cassidy going to be talking with us and uh one of the things that uh, that I'm going to ask him about is of course, what we just spoke about was the, uh, the the Chinese balloon, and what in the world is going on? Who is in charge here? Um, coming up next, Louis. Uh, uh Louis or Abalone is in studio with us. Rube, you had a story at the bottom of the hour about the uh, legally the marijuana, the hemp, the uh, Delta Eight, Delta Nine, r- Delta Seven Forty Seven. Right. Um, So,
0: as as a lot of people know, I'm I'm pretty open about being a medical marijuana patient. Uh, so, I mean, I I am a user of marijuana, and um, I I started noticing around. Um uh, around the time medical became legal, that a lot of these shops started popping up selling delta 8 THC edibles and smokable buds. And <laughs> it just <laughs> sounds funny, I'm sorry, it does smokable sound funny. buds. <laughs> and uh so you know, I I saw this story today, uh, KSLA reported that apparently they legalized the delta eight stuff by accident i think lewis you you have a better legal gonna, understanding yeah, of the situation we're
1: going to get lewis's take we're going to talk about that next segment with uh lewis r avalonian in for aaron mike and mccarty one oh one seven. seven <laughs> 1017 FM, 710 KO Mike and McCarty, uh, off topic real quickly. Uh, Ruben, you said it's Matt Groening, is that his, how to say yeah, his thing? Yeah, uh, cre- Groening, I think. Groin- gro- gro- <laughs> Groening, Groening. Yeah. Groening. creator of the Simpsons. Right. <laughs> yeah. Of which I have never seen a complete episode. Really? Never have, I've never seen, I, I've seen like moments of it. Never right. got into it. Not huh. not trashing it, I just never got into it, like, like soccer. You know, it's. I'm sure it's great. I just never got into
0: it. I had a mild obsession when I was a kid uh, for The Simpsons. I had a Bar, I had the Bart Simpson poster in my room with the little bubble. Don't have a cow, man, next to it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like
1: Good well, stuff. <laughs> well, speaking of Simpsons and in uh, and, and that and Matt Gronig, um KSLA had a story. Uh, of course, now John Bell is going to get strict on THC products but but there there's a, a picture of these THC products in in some store um, but it looks like if you had a you know an 8-year-old eight, an kid walk up to the counter i wouldn't think twice about it if they were reaching up to get one of these products yeah. they, these are actual packaging it looks like i mean they're using the lifesavers gummies packaging That's bright Rainbow, you know, colored packaging, uh, Doritos packages, ruffles, and it's the actual logos. Right? Yeah, and but
0: these aren't what they're actually getting. It's really confusing as to h- how they're able to do that, and and it's also just wildly irresponsible. Like like I said a minute ago, I'm I'm a medical marijuana patient. Anytime I get any kind of edible, it comes in a package that you know is medical it's not labeled like mm, yummy delicious Right. it's
1: not appealing like right
0: yeah it, the the, pla- the packaging is very plain and there's a big sticker on it with my name on it it, it looks like something medical
1: these look like snacks that any old kid could pick sure. up sure and and apparently can they're just on a on a on a rack here in the in the middle of this store and this is something out of seattle Surprising. Uh, A a smoke shop in North Seattle. Now, you could say maybe, you know, little eight-year-olds aren't walking around in the smoke shop. Right. uh, But we know that's not always the case either. So, but how do they get away with this using the Doritos packaging and logos? That I have no idea. Now, they have one that looks like an Oreos with the the blue and white lettering, but it says Stonio. Stonios. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Stonios. Now I can see. Okay, that's a little different. You're ripping off their logo, but at least it's, you're not using like lifesavers gummies sours, right? And um, then, yeah, there are a lot of these Delta Eight products that
0: come in packages like that.
1: Now, uh, now, Louis, you said she- uh, Sheck Schneider was re- basically responsible for writing the legislation that's allowing this to happen in Louisiana.
4: Right. So Clay Schick Schneider, who is currently the House. Uh, a Speaker of the House here in Louisiana, he before he was Speaker of the House, he chaired the House Agricultural Committee, and he shepherded these laws that allowed consumable hemp products, and he offered assurances to his colleagues, to his fellow legislators. You know, there were many questions to say, you know, can't folks get high off of, you know, these... This hemp that mm-hmm. we're now about to legalize, and so he, what was the premise of legalizing
1: it to begin with?
4: Well, as far as the I, you know, I don't know what the the, the root. I, I think much of it was medical, but he shepherded uh, these laws uh, in terms of. So, for example, he told one of his colleagues that it would take a tractor trailer load. Of Hemp-derived chemicals to elicit a high, but it turns out Only a couple of gummies are needed to do that Mm -hmm. And so with the THC or the Delta 8 variant right and so Delta 9 Exactly, and there's a prosecutor down in Jefferson Parish that says it's not possible to prosecute people for Delta 8 Okay, so that's why folks are selling this Delta 8 in, in quantities that make it, where you can get high. Right. Because look, uh, delta eight THC is only slightly less potent than the delta nine that's fa- found in
1: marijuana. So, Ruben said it's kind of like the Miller Lite. Yeah, yeah. you, I mean, you, you can your... still you can still get drunk on a Miller Lite. You right. Uh, drink uh, enough of them. Right.
0: And I mean, I, I, maybe that's a poor comparison, but it's the delta eight is a little more weak from what I've heard. Just. As far as strength is concerned, but again, you know, uh, if I were to eat two of my normal gummies from the pharmacy, I would probably just have to eat four of the Delta eight ones to get the same effect. And so okay. that's what happened right. here. Right. Is that this was a, some might say
4: this is a poorly written law, a nonspecific law. Some might say it's too specific because what happened in this legislation, you had a single digit that was omitted the molecular identifier, Delta-8, in lieu of or in combination of using or omit or of uh, including Delta-9 in THC. Because if you had included Delta-8 THC in this bill, that would have prevented a glut of retailers across the state from offering products for the explicit purpose of getting
1: people high. Well, my issue is not that these products are available or not available, but the fact that they're packaging them to look like gummy bears and 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 sour patch kids, you know, candies and chips. Why? Why are you doing that if you're not targeting children? So, was this an intentional accident? That's, I know we
4: talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, you know, is this an intentional accident? Accident was it? Is it an unfortunate oversight? Was it an unintentional omission? You know, because a lot of folks would say, we'll follow the money. Because where there's money to be made, often from big dollar donors, I mean, there certainly is a very long and sorted tradition of that sort of thing going on in
1: this state. Louis R. Avalone in for Aaron McCarty. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Kiosk. <laughs> one oh one seven fm seven ten keel mike and mccarty lewis r abalone in for aaron today and tomorrow looking forward to that we got a busy day tomorrow uh lewis of course the uh uh chairman of the republican party of Caddo parish but also you probably knowing more from american ground radio with your co-host stephen parr yeah absolutely. you guys do a great job thank you and uh, thank you. glad to have you on keel five to seven every monday through friday uh, one of the portions of your show has one of the highlights for for years have been the American mamas. Oh, absolutely. And and you have some sad news to share. You know, uh, many of our listeners
4: know that one of our American mamas, Denise Arthur, suffered for the better part of a year with cancer. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, on Valentine's Day, of all days, but of course. There's so much love for her, and she had so much love for all of us, her friends, her listeners. I guess it's appropriate, but nevertheless, we, we lost her voice. Mm-hmm. I say we lost her voice. I still hear her voice in my head. Um, You know, it's it's unmistakable, and... It's times like this that we're reminded we're not in we're not in control. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's just it's been it's been tough. And we certainly uh, you know, I think one way that you can honor someone because all of us have have experienced loss. I think one way you can honor others that you have lost is to to live your life or to allow them to to continue on in how you live your life continue mm-hmm. you know like for example with respect to denise you know continue speaking out be that you know she wasn't shy was she she certainly wasn't <laughs> you know we we collected some uh denise isms as we called it and i know i shared a couple of them earlier one of them uh, I, that I didn't share earlier uh you know, this was on aging gracefully. I, I I know I shared the one about when you've got that much Botox, it's hard to keep your mouth shut. Uh, but she also said, I'm a face forester. I can tell how old she is by the rings on her neck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and talking about, you know, how celebrities, you know. Uh, oh lord speaking of celebrities madonna uh how oh my how disfigured that she has made herself but that's another discussion all together but you know you know also she said uh you know you, you can't go to a nudist colony and wear clothes you know you just you've got to be whoever wherever you are you've got to be you've got to be yourself you know um
1: and well, I, I, I hope uh, I hope Terry Netterville will continue yeah, with too. you guys. Absolutely. Uh, I, obviously, it won't be the same, but but things things progress. And, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, Denise and her family and uh, you and Stephen and Thank Terry you. as well. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. Well, we'll uh, you'll be in tomorrow. Appreciate you coming in. Lewis R. Avalonian for Aaron, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM.